amen to that song, right? That gets you fired up right there. Somebody said, let's go, let's go, let's go. You know what I mean? When you hear that song, you get ready. Oh, man, just encouraging to, to be here to worship and uh, really grateful to celebrate Mother's Day. I know I had an amazing mom raise me and brought me up, and I appreciate what an incredible mom I have and can't thank her enough, you know what I'm saying? And uh, grateful that I can be with my wife and watch her just be an incredible mom that she is and uh, putting up with me and children. So amen for her. She's doing an amazing job just pouring her heart out and, and giving of her heart, you know. And, uh, you know, I'm older now. Uh, I know, shocking, I know, but I am older. But, uh, you know, I, I have learned that, you know, quite honestly, this can be a hard day for people too. Okay, so, you know, we don't want to, there's, there's two sides to it, right? Uh, some people may be really struggling, experiencing maybe their first Mother's Day without their mom. I mean, that, that's probably happening somewhere, right? And so, you know, hey, just, I just pray that you can experience some, some good memories, right? Or experience some peace from God. Uh, just to remember your mother or grandmother. I know I miss my big mama, you know what I'm saying? So uh, that, that, that always reminded, right? So, but we're a family, so we help each other out. You know, we lift each other up when we're feeling a little low, uh, but hopefully we can still be encouraged on this day, you know, to celebrate those mothers that are with us and the memories of moms that have gone on, right? And uh, so hopefully we can do that. Hopefully we can get into God's Word today. And uh, I do not have a five-hour message today. Uh, so it is not... You know, hopefully nobody will fall out of their chair or nothing like that, uh, unless you get really offended. But I don't know if this is one of those messages or not. We'll find out. Uh, and if you're visiting with us uh, online, uh, we are grateful to have you. And we want to make sure that you know uh, we want to connect with you, right? We want to get to know you, and we want to know how we can serve you. So uh, please go to our website, nrcoc.org, and there's a, a button on there that talks about connecting. We'd love to connect with you. So just wanted to throw that out there. We'd love to see you in our, in our family. So I'm going to say a word of prayer, and then we're going to jump into our scriptures as we continue our, our Faithful Together uh, series that we've been in uh, all year, and we're going to be looking at spirit-filled relationships. And so let's, let's go to God in prayer. You are the way maker. Father, help us never to forget that. Uh, you are God Almighty. You are El Shaddai. You are the provider, Jehovah Jireh. You are the one who heals. Father, we, there's so many aspects of your heart and who you are that we worship and we celebrate. You are amazing. And we are here to bow down before you in reverence and in awe and supplication. We give our hearts to you. And we pray that our, our hearts will be open to the message that is given prayerfully through the power of your spirit, that it can reside in our hearts in a way that helps transform us from the inside out. And uh, Father, we continue to pray uh, for those that are battling uh, health issues and struggling with COVID or whatever. We pray for them, Lord. And uh, we pray for, for uh, the, the rest of us who, who aren't struggling in those ways to, to be a support and to give love and encouragement. And uh, we pray for all the moms to be encouraged, God, and I pray they get lifted up and get hugs and get uh, smiley faces and kind words and that the, the cards that they receive will lift them up. And uh, we also pray for those that are remembering moms that have gone on that they can be comforted as well. So thank you for this moment to come together on, on the Lord's day where we can come together and take time to show you with our presence, whether it's online or in this building, that you are our priority and that we love you and we are devoted to you and we need you and we appreciate you and we want to reflect your image 
and the communities that we live in. We pray in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So, you know what? My computer is acting crazy this morning. What in the world? I mean, I had it all ready to go. And for some reason this morning, I decided to print out my notes, which I never do. Because I got my computer. Why I need to print out notes? I'm saving trees. I'm green. I'm all that good stuff, right? But, uh, but today I got here, my computer, it just was weird. So I got, I'm working with my friends up in the booth, and we'll see how this thing works. Um, there we go. So spirit-filled relationships is where we are in our, in our series. And, and I hope that you've had a chance to pay, listen to the last couple messages, you know, from Jordan and, and then Kendall and Jordan. And I, and I encourage you because I went back and listened to both of them. I did. And I'm, and I'm not just saying, that, oh, do it. I think there's material in there that's very foundationally helpful for all of us. I went back and took some, like another layer of notes because I, I, I really believe that. I want to encourage you to do the same uh, because we just live in this popcorn culture, thoughts everywhere, content everywhere. Sometimes you just got to sit on something for a minute. And um, today, I, the title of the message is Confronting Confusion. Uh, because here's the deal. We want to have spirit-filled relationships. We want our, as Jordan mentioned in the first message, we don't want our relationships just to be just like everybody else of the world and have those values. We want different relationships, right, built on God's spirit, on his word, right? And so, but in order to have that, we need to, in, in and of ourselves, make sure we understand who the Holy Spirit is in our own life. I mean, if you're all fuzzy on who the Holy Spirit is, how are you going to have a spirit-filled relationship with somebody else? who may be fuzzy as well. And then you just default back to what you know, how to be a friend. You just kind of default to your own methods, right? Uh, and so I think some of, some of today will probably be somewhat of a review, but some of it will be hopefully to really dig into that concept of you know, who is the Holy Spirit to you? How would you answer that, right? Because I think that's really important if we're going to have that the Spirit-filled you know, relationships. And the challenge I think we have, honestly, the challenge is we live in this world that just, we like worship rationality, right? It's the the age of the enlightenment, right? What is rational? What is logical? What is linear, right? And if I can't put it in a box, if I can't check it off a list, and if I can't measure it, then I don't, it's not really there. It's not worthy. It's, I I don't, and I think we, we don't realize, I think we get trapped in that. And I think that messes with our understanding of God's spirit. Because we cannot just measure him and box him up and just check it. Oh, I understand the Holy Spirit. Check it off. Okay, let me go about my day. Doesn't work like that. And so I think we struggle uh, to really understand who the Holy Spirit is in our relationship. And I can tell you right now, in 20 minutes I got left, I ain't going to be able to explain it all to you. It's not going to happen. <laughs> Trust me, it's not going to happen. If, 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 if anything, I hope to maybe encourage you to spend some time with the Holy Spirit and asking Him to fill you with the knowledge of who He is and what role He can play in your life and, and, and who He wants to be in your life. If anything, I hope I can spur that on. Amen for the fellowship that you can have outside after you pass the thing and take your mask off, by the way. Amen. Uh, Amen for that kind of fellowship. But what about the fellowship with God's Spirit? Oh, Jeff, that's too ethereal. I don't get Well, it shouldn't be. Okay, let's mature in this. Shouldn't be like that, okay? This ain't Harry Potter and all these ghosts and goblins and stuff. 
this is real stuff, people. So I'm going to uh, grade us on something in the spirit of school, which I know some of y'all like. This is a superly, uh, this is like an oversimplification of the story of the Bible. All right, so this is, I already know. So don't, those of you theologians, don't be picking and pointing and messing with me, talking about this wasn't detailed enough. I'm just trying to give a 30,000 foot view. Okay, here we go. You ready? All right. In the beginning, God, I think we do A plus. I think we got this. I really think we get that God was there at the creation. I think we get it. I think we got an A on that. Maybe A plus I might even give us. And even though, and I think we do pretty good with this, right? Because we remember, yeah, in the beginning, God, but guess who else was there? The Spirit. So where there was chaos and where there was darkness, there was God who with His Spirit would speak things and His spoken word and the Spirit would somehow create that which we now exist in. All right? You say, I can't measure that. Ooh, isn't that beautiful? If we can measure everything, why in the world follow God? I hope he's beyond something. Right? But I think think we kind of get that concept. And so when you look at the story arc of the Bible or all these big words, meta-narratives and all you want to use, but the big picture story of the Bible is, yeah, God was the creator, spirit was there, right? And then in in the Old Testament, the Hebrew scriptures, guess what? God keeps sending these prophets to tell people that you've strayed from way I want you to live because I created you to live a certain way and I, my presence is there with you but you just seem to not get it and so the story arc of the Old Testament you keep seeing God trying to wake his people up I think we kind of get that and I also think we get this other part of the Bible there's this guy Jesus who shows up in the Bible I think we're pretty good with the Jesus because that was a different era of the Bible, a different part of the story. It's no longer God, temple, his presence, his glory, that type of thing where the smoke, the cloud, the fire. Now, it's God in the flesh who chose to live among us, to respirate, to perspire, to thirst to be betrayed, to deal with hurt, to love, to persevere through relationships. I think, I think we get that. That there was another part of the story where God, God kind of gave Jesus maybe center stage, if we want to use another metaphor, right? Okay? Because he, he didn't have that role in the Hebrew Scriptures, right? I think we get that. I give us an A on that. And I, I think this is where it starts getting a little tricky for us. In these kind of passages, in John 16, where Jesus, who's got center stage, God in the flesh, we believe that, but Jesus starts saying stuff. <laughs> he starts saying stuff like, you know, very truly I tell you, you know, it is good for, it's for your good that I'm going away. And unless I go away, the advocate, some of your Bibles might say comforter, right? Right? The, the, the Spirit is what he's talking about. Will not come to you. But if I go, I'll send them to you. And later on in John 16, I have much more to say to you, right? More than you can now bear. But when he, 
the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. Huh. That's when we start getting fuzzy, I think. This is when it's not so easily measurable. And trust me, if you were sitting in that room with the, the, in the flesh, God, Jesus standing there saying those words, you wouldn't have been checking it off the list. Got it. You'd have been like, what's he talking about probably? You'd have probably been there too. So this is where it starts getting hard. But Jesus telling us there is, he has to leave. And it's good, it's good for us that this advocate, right, this comforter, okay, this spirit of truth who will guide us, it's good for us that he's coming. And then in Acts 1, and I'm excited because you know what? We're going we're gonna to actually celebrate Pentecost here. Sunday. It's, a, it's Acts 2. We, we actually, actually, as a church, we like that day. We think that's actually a significant day. <laughs> Why not celebrate it, right? So we're going to have a little, you know, in two weeks it's Pentecost. We'll talk more about this. So, But in Acts chapter 1, you remember this, right? Yes, I need, I need, yeah, I know, I know. Stop with your little comments. I got you, I got, I got you. All right. But we know that Jesus spent time with them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God, Acts 1 tells us. And in verse 4 of Acts 1, it says, On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift. Say that word. Gift. gift. So up to this point, we've got advocate, comforter, guide into all truth, right? Spirit of truth, gift. These are all from the Bible. These are all these words describing the same Holy Spirit. Jesus said, don't go anywhere. Don't leave Jerusalem. Wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John the Baptist baptized with water, but in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel. And he said to them, it's not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive what? Power. When the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So what do I think is, this is where I think we, we don't get such a, I don't think we get an A. I'll, I'll include myself. I'm not saying I'm all that. All right. And I think that our challenge is we just struggle with this belief <laughs> that it's better for, it's really good for us to have this advocate, this comforter, this guide in all truth, the spirit of truth, some, this gift of power. I think we struggle with that. Think about the setting. <laughs> Jesus is saying, hey guys, I know some of you have been with me for three years. You've actually seen me do miracles. Like you've actually heard teachings no one else has heard. I have disclosed to you truths that no one else has understood in human history. If anybody is ready to go and preach the word, it's got to be you, right? Wrong. Wrong. You can have all the teachings of Jesus you want. You can have spent three years with Jesus. Jesus still says, don't you dare go out in the neighborhood and start talking about me yet. 
you aren't ready. You don't have the spirit. You don't have the spirit of truth. And when I'm here, I got it covered. But when I'm physically not here in this manifestation of myself, you need the spirit. Don't go anywhere. Please don't go anywhere. You'll mess up the whole operation. You don't have the power. If you go now, if you go now, you're going on your own power. And you might get, maybe you will convince some people. That's cool. But you don't have what you need. I don't think we believe that in our hearts sometimes. I, that, that's, you might disagree, and that's fine. This is, I'm not, <laughs> this is right. This is my opinion, one man. But I think this is where we struggle. Because I think we are very comfortable living our lives and going, you know, in the name of Jesus, but maybe not with the spirit of Jesus. I think we're more comfortable than that than maybe we even realize. And, uh, and I think that's where we may we get a C minus or a D, right? Jeff, are you down on us? You... <laughs> Come on, man. No, because like I said, I'm right there with you. I think I, get, I can grow too, all right? I think we can all grow. The Holy Spirit is more than just some concept. <laughs> we need him. We can't go anywhere without him. We shouldn't go anywhere without him. So what's the problem? We have all this biblical knowledge and we get so much, but why do we struggle with this? I don't know, but here's a couple thoughts. I think one is some of us feel like the Holy Spirit, it's weird. <laughs> the, the, the concept is weird. And, what, and here's what we do, and I've heard it, I've heard it before, and I, it's like, you know, I, 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 man, people with the Holy Spirit, you know, man, they, they, they go to church, they be like raising their hands, running around in circles, and talking about, you know, people falling out. Man, that's just not, I don't understand. That, 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 puts, that just puts attention on people. I can't trust that. I don't know what's going on with that. That's just weird, and I, I don't want to even be associated with that. Or you actually grew up in a church, maybe that, that was that, the way they kind of approached their worship service, and you just like, so you're just like, nah, man, nah. And, and because of that, you know, hands up in church and all that, and because of that, there's this like, I don't, I don't even want the Holy Spirit. That, let's not go there too much. Because who knows where that might end up. Might we start doing stuff like, I don't want that, that we need to keep it in the box. <laughs> keep it checklistable. Keep it measurable. Keep it, keep it orderly, right? Right? Orderly is another Bible word, right? Because people can get out of order or there can be disorder. And they can just blame it on the Spirit. And we can't have that. So, so therefore, let's only do that which we can control and measure. So I genuinely think this might be a problem for us when it comes to just answering the question of who is the Holy Spirit in your life? Are you, are you struggling because you think it's a weird concept? And I, th I think some of us get there. You know, and I mean, yeah, we, people come to church. I want my friends to come to church and we act all crazy, you know. They might not, the gospel might not be attractive, you know, to them. Just think we got to be careful sometimes, right? Sometimes just sitting there, sitting and getting for 45 minutes ain't attractive to some people. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You're talking about the Spirit of God <laughs> lifting you up and all these men. Yes, amen. 
so that's better? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, so, so that's more spiritual? I don't know. You know, I'm grateful when people come to me, Jeff, thanks for that lesson, whatever. Thanks for that message. Oh, help me or whatever. This or that. And I, amen. I'm grateful. I'm glad God used it. Trust me. Glad, he got, glad God used it. Man, let me tell you what. You know what I love to hear? <laughs> Jeff, man, I spent time with the Holy Spirit this week, and he taught me this. I, I haven't heard a lot of that. And you go, see, Jeff, that's weird. And I go, I don't, I don't think it is. Because when I read the Bible, honestly, I'm not trying to be self-righteous, but I'm just trying to read the Scriptures. Because when I, when I think about Jesus, what did he do? Because <laughs> he, before he went out preaching the Word, healing all these people, Luke clearly tells us what happened. He ended up in the wilderness. Why? Why? The Spirit led him into the wilderness. Well, what did that look like, Jeff? Did he hold him by the hand? Was he in an Uber? What, how did that happen? <laughs> Chariot? What? What? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how it happened. Don't know what it looked like. But the Scripture says <laughs> the Spirit led Jesus to the wilderness. Amen. And guess what happened? Jesus didn't eat, didn't drink nothing. Forty days. Whoa. Oof. But what does the Bible say after that? To me, I think that's instructive. And uh, turn over to your, if you have a Bible, feel free to turn over to Luke chapter 4. I think it's, to me, it helps me to think about this. And Luke 4, verse 13, talks about, you know, the devil finishes the tempting of him, and then the devil just leaves him because the devil just couldn't get through, you know? Because the Spirit, y- y'all think the Spirit, like, led Jesus in the wilderness and dropped him off? What in the world? What you thinking, people? Use your brains. The Spirit stayed there with Jesus. What did they do? I don't know. I can't define it, can't put it in a box, can't put it on a list for you to check it off. But I know that Jesus was in the presence of the Holy Spirit 40 days and when nobody else, there was no church services, no leaders meetings, no nothing. Him and the Spirit. And in verse 14, it says, Jesus returned to Galilee in what? The power of the Spirit. He hadn't eaten. He hadn't drank anything. But he had the power of the Spirit. Now he's ready to go out and live as a man in the world. Even Jesus needed that. And once again, it's consistent. There's this power associated with the Spirit. And if you listen to the message last week, Brother Kendall talked about, read Philippians about if you have fellowship with the Spirit. I think if we have more fellowship with the Spirit, we might have more of this here power. But some of us, Christianity, like this. And that's what, that, you think that's attractive to the world? 
And, and, oh, Jeff, so you mean we're supposed to be loud? And Trust me, I'm not a loud guy. Ask my family. I'm a pretty laid-back dude, right? It's not about volume. But there's something unmistakable about someone who has consistent fellowship with the comforter, the advocate, the spirit of truth, who guides and leads and gives power from within. From within. And that's why Jesus could tell that woman at the well, if you knew who I was, I give you water. It'll flow, flow from within and you will never thirst. That's some power right there. So I think this weird, it's too weird. I think you need to rethink that. So I'm going to let you do some exam corrections and see if you can get an A, you know, on that or not. Here's the other problem. One day I'm going to get Matt Cheer up here. He's going to preach the word on this one of these days. I don't know when. Because he done preached it. He done preached it to, you, to me. And I'm like, you right. You right, man. You right. You know, you right. You're using the Bible, man. And that's true. Oh, he's helped me to see it. And it's not, it's not a pretty thing. I think this is the other problem that we have with the Holy Spirit. I just think, I think some cultures maybe lend themselves to certain sins than others, maybe. I just think maybe, our, our, maybe ours is self-sufficient. You know, maybe some other nations, they have other issues and because of their history, whatever. I don't know. I'm not a sociologist or a philosopher or whatever. I'm just making a social commentary. I just think we love the rugged self, you know, like do it yourself. I just think that's in our DNA and we love it more than maybe we realize. And we drag it into the church and we frame what it means to be a good disciple, and we unknowingly just turn it into a bunch of things you have to do, or else you're not good. Do better, do more, do better, do more, do better, do more. Sometimes I think we can go there. And so I think we got to be careful with this. For instance, here's a passage that we know very well. And here's how challenging self-sufficiency can be, in my opinion. Here's a, we know this passage, right? Like, Jesus, right, said to all of them, right, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny himself, take up his cross, follow me. We know that. Here's the, here's the challenge of self-sufficiency. Amen. All right, I want to be a disciple. I'm going to deny myself. All right, I'm going to go. All right, alarm clock goes off. All right, go, to, go out with my day, go to work, tempted to look at porn. Deny, no, don't do it. You, you read, deny yourself. Deny, Jeff, deny. Okay. Amen, I didn't do it. Yeah, all right, good. Okay, let me go talk to my boss. Hickman, you're the worst sales rep we got. You're an idiot. I'm, Jeff, don't do that. Don't, deny yourself. Deny, deny. Yes, sir, you're totally right. I'm terrible. I'm going to change him. <laughs> yes, I did it. I, 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 I did it. I did it. I denied myself. Now I can be a good disciple. I'm a good denier of self. I'm even better. I'm better than Michael Eldridge. He, you know, I'm better than Matt Cheer. I'm better. 
I think, man, we can take, we can deny self and make that something that we're doing ourselves. It's not what Jesus had in mind. It's not the point. Well, let me prove myself. I got to prove that I'm a good disciple, so now I got to deny. It's not the point. The point is, you better acknowledge how strong that self is. I wish Adam and Eve would have acknowledged it. There's something in us all that wants to be like, we want to be, we want to have control. We want to, it's in us. So acknowledge that. And yeah, you need to deny. How do you do? You put that thing to death. Put it on the cross. Take up the cross and deal with the self on that cross. Oh, Jeff, I, I did that. Oh, I, yeah, I did that when I got baptized. Yeah, I did that. You know, back, you know. And I repented. I was an awesome repenter. And everyone said so. And then I did. And then I got back. And so that's when I did that. Okay, good. But you, you walk with God every day. Every day. This has to play itself out in unique ways that I can't measure out for you. But it's a, this has to be repeatable. You, you, you don't just like, oh, I need to deny myself. It's like, woo, okay, I need to put this to death because <laughs> like, this is not who I am. I've been, I've been given the power. Wait, so who's the power? Is it me? No, it's the Spirit. Oh, okay, well, let Holy Spirit, you do this. Holy Spirit, please put this to death. The misdeeds of myself and my body put them to death. I can't do it on my own. That's your job. You can do it. I can't do it. And I think that's our struggle. We want control of our spirituality. <laughs> and that, all that is is just you just constructing some aura of spirituality that you feel great about. That's not a, you're supposed to die to yourself. God wants to live his life through you. He's not trying to grade you on how well you're doing denying yourself. No, he's trying to get, just put your stuff on that, crucify it, and let me live my life through you. He said, I know how to live my life. <laughs> you don't. Adam and Eve didn't. Israel didn't. But now the spirit that's within you can. The problem is you keep getting in the way. Let the spirit take over. The Spirit needs to dominate you, control you. But you got to give the reins over. Instead of you trying to do it yourself, ask the Spirit in that moment, Holy Spirit, please, can you deal with me? I'm out there, please. You have the power. You are dwelling in me. I think that's what we need more of. I think I'm done. I mean, how much time do I have left? Because I don't have my... my, um... We're done? All right. So I want to encourage you. I'm not going to do that. Uh, I'm going to read this passage and give you the, uh, the study guide questions. All right. This was given to me by my spiritual wife. She's really getting a lot out of this Bible uh, translation. You know, sometimes you mix it up and it speaks to you. She, sh- she shared this with me and I thought, man, that was helpful. Those of us who belong to the anointed one have crucified our old lives and put to death the flesh and all the lusts and desires that plague us. Not just once, guys, at baptism. This just needs to happen over and over. Now, since we have chosen to walk with the Spirit, continual, 
Let's keep each step in perfect sync with God's spirit. Not the other way around where you decide what you want to do and you just hope the spirit comes along with you. This will happen when we set aside our self-interests and work together to create true community instead of a culture consumed by provocation, pride, and envy, which all have self at the center of, right? Grateful for a spiritual wife led me to that passage. So here's some things you can do for your, it's not on there, or is this thing not working? There it is, cool. Uh, you can uh, always go back to this, refer to it, take a picture of it. It'll be online tonight or tomorrow, but if you want to get in your small groups, these are some questions that could maybe help the discussion. If you're a small group leader, do you have to do it this way? No, but you can maybe use this as a starter. Mix it up, make it yours, but this is, we're just trying to help all the small groups, give them some information and help them out. And again, if you are visiting with us, please, please connect with us because we want to connect with you in uh, our coc.org. I'm going to say a word of prayer. And we're going to take the Lord's Supper together on the Lord's Day. Let's pray. Father, we come to you grateful for Jesus and grateful that he, he was not selfish, wanting the limelight, so to speak, and wanting to just be the king of all and, and reign. He was willing to even leave and allow your spirit to come. We are grateful for the Holy Spirit. Pray we can have more fellowship with him. And we lift up the name of Jesus. We are grateful for his death, his resurrection, and the truth that he is coming back. And we are grateful for that. Help us as we take the bread and drink of the juice and remember and reflect, be renewed, commune, and be invigorated and animated to serve Letting the Holy Spirit guide us. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.